Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. If you've been around Mercy Hill for some time, you'll know that we are uh, in a series on the Sermon on the Mount. It's been six to nine months, depending on how we do the math on that, uh, where we've just been camping out in how Jesus describes living in his kingdom and what it looks like when kingdom comes. And it, it requires some fairly challenging recalibration in our own hearts and our own habits because we tend to build our way of living based on the way the world does stuff and sprinkle some Jesus on it instead of having a complete reboot to our operating system to operate in the kingdom of heaven. And in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 7, uh, we're, we're going to take this sort of a second look in the series at most of these verses because Jason Najak preached from verses 7 to 11 uh, here uh, about three months ago. And, and I encourage you, go back and find that. He gives a great, great encouragement to us about how God draws near to us when we pray. And and so let's read this together. Um, it's not on the screen, so look it up on, on your own. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, he who seeks, he finds. And to the one who knocks, what's going to happen with the door? Jesus says the door will be opened. And then Jesus continues, and he in a way that is so non-transactional, but very relational. You see, that first part, it's a little abstract because the, the operation, who's doing the door opening, who's doing the giving, who's doing the answering is implicit in verses 7 and 8 there. But you get to verse 9, and Jesus is making a comparison in our relationship as parents with our own children to our Heavenly Father's relationship with us as his children. And Jesus says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And then Jesus says this, So in everything, do to others as you'd have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. I've always had a tendency to kind of divide that passage into two parts. There's a first part in my mind that's all about the asking, the knocking, the seeking, the receiving, the finding, the door opening, the goodness of our Heavenly Father to not give us the thing that's bad, but to give us the thing that's good and say, yes, that's there. And how many of you find that part familiar? You've heard it somewhere, sometime in your life. Yep. And then there's like, it feels like this other part, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right. How many have ever heard that before? But for, for me and maybe for you, it's easy to kind of separate those as if they were two separate things that Jesus talked about at a couple of different times. But here in Matthew, we see, as far as Jesus is concerned, they're inseparably connected. I I say they're so connected because Jesus says, so in everything. He says He's saying, this is what our Father in heaven is like. 
And so, in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is what sums up the law and the prophets. And so in everything, when Jesus says so in everything, look, we see he's making an intentional connection. Or another way of putting it is this. It's Jesus's application and conclusion of all the stuff he was just saying about asking, seeking, and knocking, about the goodness of our Heavenly Father, giving good gifts to his children. And I hope this can sink in for us today. That when Jesus gives us this marvelous description and promise and reminder that our Heavenly Father gives good gifts to those who ask him, that our Heavenly Father gives us good things when we call out to him. And when he's about to say, so here's what you do with this reality. Here's how we apply that. He does not say to us, so ask God more for everything. He doesn't say, so make sure you pray. He doesn't say, so approach your father with boldness and confidence. He says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Because that's what God's heart is really about. It's a remarkable connection that he's making. And it's fundamental for us to kind of catch a hold of that, to reboot our operating system to work in God's kingdom. Here's what I mean. Jesus is saying, so in everything, in everything, be generous, just like your father in heaven is. Because that's what all God's word and the law of the prophets is really getting at. Look at what Jesus is saying about our father. He says that God in heaven gives good gifts to those who ask him. And do you know why he does it? Based on what Jesus is saying here? It's not because of earning. It's because he's generous like that. It's because that's what he's like. The comparison Jesus makes is, look, you guys, even in your best parenting, you're screwed up. You got issues. You don't do great at this. But if you can at least get this part right, that you don't give your kids poison when they ask for food, how much more will your Father in heaven just generously give good gifts? Because that's what he's like. And then Jesus says, so as his children, live like that. So in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. Why? How, Jesus? Not because of earning not because they deserve it, not because they've done something that makes it the right thing that on the moment, yep, okay, they've, they've checked off enough boxes and here's the reward. No, but the same generosity that our Heavenly Father shows us is fundamental to the relationships we have with other people. And Jesus wraps it up with a very strong and, and profound bookend when he says, for this sums up, the law, and the prophets. I mean, he's making a summary statement about what the will and heart of God for us really involves. He takes all the commands of the law, all the urgings of the prophets to share God's heart, and he says it comes down to this. So in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. You know what? That's, that could be pretty different than what you and I tend to think Serving, obeying God is supposed to look like. Because for many of us, we've been taught that, ser- that serving, obeying God involves following rules 
regulations and laws that primarily involve saying no to something that I want and being careful not to do things that God's told us not to do, right? And you know some of that list. Do not steal, do not lie, don't get drunk with wine. And and there's a, a teaching that pervades even much of the church in the U.S. today. You'll find it on the radio that it says that faith is primarily about obeying and about not breaking the rules. And then there's sort of another category. I know I'm I'm oversimplifying and overgeneralizing. It's not quite as cut and dried as this, of course. Um, but for the sake of getting our heads around it, allow me to oversimplify and caricature a couple things. Because another possibility is that we're being taught that faith is primarily about believing God for something. And that really, if we're going to honor God and serve God, that what it's about is having a faith that believes that God is going to do this or that or give this or that to me. And it makes faith primarily be about receiving. And so we either have obeying and following rules or believing and receiving. And both of those are, I know I'm caricaturing here, but bear with me, are operating on a completely different axis and economy than what Jesus seems to actually be saying here when he says, Hey, what do we do with the nature of our generous heavenly father? And he says this, so in everything, do to others as you'd have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophet. Evidently, the will and heart of our father in heaven is summed up this way. Do good for others. Do for others the good that you wish that they would be doing in your life as well. I think that's that's one of two pieces of this that I find really challenging. The two pieces I find really challenging in this are the in everything and the as you would have them. Do it others as you would have them do. Um, the would have them, let me start there. Uh, what comes naturally to me at least, and I, I doubt I'm alone in the room, is to do to others according to how they're actually behaving towards me. And so I do unto others as they actually have been doing unto me rather than as I wish they would. And what Jesus says is, as you would have them do unto you. And and even when I get a hold of that, okay, so I'm going to do to others not according to how they're actually treating you, but like how I wish they would, as you would have them do unto you. I'll even twist that around. Like this week, I had a person, it's safe, no one in this church, um, who who kept messaging me with these, uh, I know, they were just a little off kind of messages where it's like not really asking for something but implying that I should be doing something for them and they were just kind of coming over and over. And, and my internal feeling was, I wish this person would just leave me alone. And, and so in my head, as I'm reading this verse, I'm like, okay, as I would have them do unto me, I wish they would leave me alone. Maybe I can just ignore them. Yeah. But do you think that's what Jesus would really want in this? You know, and, and I keep bumping up against the selfish inclinations of my own heart with this. And, and where we've got history with people, it's especially challenging. And, and that's part of what I saw in Mongolia was a willingness on the part of these leaders and pastors who had some substantial negative history with each other, where this guy has been hurt by that guy and people have left this one's church and gone to this church and this pastor didn't do anything to try to send him back or fix it and it's created hardship and problem. I watched them start treating each other as they would have each other treat them instead of according to the history 
that they already had. And, and it's made me look kind of back in some of the issues of my own life and say, wow, we do a, I do a good job of projecting into people's future what their past has been and, and treating people based on the way they have been rather than what I want to see God do in their life and the way I'd hope they treat me. And, and it's not just me. We build whole patterns and habits of relating to people based on the way we've been treated in the past. And so if, if over time you, you've stuck your neck out there, you've been vulnerable with people and you've just gotten hurt and rejection, uh, instead, you'll let, you'll tend to end up locking yourself up and closing off even towards people who weren't the ones who were the ones who rejected and hurt you before. And Jesus is calling us into a different kind of living. He's calling us into something that's a radical trust in our Heavenly Father, where we say, my life is in my Heavenly Father's hands. He knows how to take care of me. And so I don't have to treat other people based on the way they're behaving or even the way other people treated me in the past. But instead, I can lavish the goodness of my Heavenly Father on the people that he puts in my life. Jesus himself, yeah, Jesus lives this out pretty good himself. Jesus lives it out perfectly. And when it comes to treating people, not treating people like they're actually doing to ourselves, guys, we don't have to look any farther than the cross. Because at the very time that these the people were crucifying Jesus, he was praying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And Jesus says not only do to others as you would have them do unto you instead of like they've actually done or like somebody else did in the past. He says, so in everything. And wouldn't it be easier if you could like do it 10% of the time? You know, we could pick one day a week and that'd be like our day. That'd be my do unto others day. Um, and, and Jesus doesn't want us, doesn't, isn't willing to let us just compartmentalize our lives that way. Because when we, like Yemi was telling us, look, are we coming to him like a spiritual teacher or is he Lord? Guys, this is not Jesus's good advice for a better life. This is the economy of his kingdom. And when we say Jesus is Lord, we're saying, I no longer live for myself, but I live for you because I live in you and you live in me. And the life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the son of God who died and gave himself for me. And so it means that all day, in all my relationships, in all my stuff, these things Jesus has to say are, okay, this is, this is to be my life. And, and for me, part of where that's been challenging me is that I do better at responding to actual requests from people I already feel responsible for than I do being proactive towards a need that if I weren't just so wrapped up in myself and my own stuff, I might more easily notice. Um, so, for example, like following Jesus' example, if any of you, if one of your kids asks you for something, um, here's what I mean. If, if I get a call from one of my kids, uh, let's say Elizabeth needs to get picked up from the high school after practice, it's raining, I don't normally say, hey, honey, just go ahead and walk the three miles home in the rain. You're wet already from practice. Uh, most of the time, uh, I'll say, Hang on, I'll get over there. Here I come, I'll give you a ride. Yep. 
But when somebody mentions to me that they're going on a trip somewhere and that they're, they're taking a flight uh, to end up going somewhere, it's not normal and natural for me to say, oh, how are you getting to the airport? Do you need a ride? I'll be like, oh, okay, you're going on a trip. Because I'm living with, the, with these kind of blinders on. Uh, I'm doing my thing. I'm going on with my own stuff. And, and when Jesus says, do to others what you'd have them do to you, it calls us to take the blinders off, to start to notice and to look a little beyond just the demands and the responsibilities and the requirements. Because genuinely blessing God's heart happens when we're taking the initiative to be like him in our relationships with others. And so I, if we're just looking to say, all right, how do I do just enough? We can draw our circle of responsibility you know, within ones that are situations that are pretty obvious for us. But there's something about pleasing the Father that happens when we say, okay, Lord, help me see. Would your spirit just open my eyes that much more to respond to others? And the reason for that is Jesus's reference point for all this, it's the generosity of our Father in heaven. So I discover, I tend to think in terms of what do I need to do for others rather than having a focus and posture that just says, how can I be a blessing today in everything that I do? And I want to put these verses out for us, invite you to pray and ask the Lord, say, Jesus, how do I live like this? How can the generosity of heaven that you give to me day in and day out, giving me bread instead of a stone, giving me fish instead of a snake, how do I be that instrument of blessing with others as well? Can we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the cross. Lord, thank you that before we even really knew that we were astray, you came to find us. Jesus, thank you for a lavish kind of love that doesn't stop with just giving us the minimum, but goes so above and beyond. Lord, thank you. You haven't given us just a forensic legal forgiveness. Lord, you have lavished your love and your presence Lord, you've come to live and dwell with us. Lord, thank you for sharing your heart with us. And Father, I pray for any of my brothers and sisters here who find that their relationships are being more shaped by just the history of what seems to have gone right or wrong in relationships in the past. Lord, I pray that by your grace, you would come and bring courage and faith for a new season, a season of grace-saturated relationships. Lord, that in all of our activities and interactions with others, Lord, help us to do it close to you, to do it in you and with you and through you. Lord, because our hearts cry is, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.